and we are live lead off talk with myself caitlin and joined by gabe gabe how's it going there buddy it's going great how are you doing i'm doing pretty well so right before i hit record we were talking about the uh the extension for the cleveland baseball team um they worked out a deal and i think it just has to get voted by the city council and the county council i guess or whatever um, that the Cleveland baseball team, Cleveland Guardians, will be staying, playing baseball in Cleveland at Progressive Field on the corner of Carnegie and Ontario until 2036 with an option after that for another like 10 more years. So theoretically, after their 25-year deal, if I did my math correctly, it could be a 50, that building would be 52 years old. Kind of crazy to think about. Very crazy. Um, but you were just talking about how it's a timeless kind of building, you know, progressive field, Jacob's field. And uh, let's just start with that. Like, what, what did you mean by that? I mean, okay. So you hear it all the time, how people say it's timeless. So mm-hmm. you could say like, it's, it doesn't seem like it's that old, even mm-hmm. when it gets five, 52, what, you say 52 years now, if, yeah. if it goes the whole way? I believe, I believe so. You really don't see stadiums go that long anymore either. No, I mean, just think of uh, like Turner Field that was built in the early 90s. Um, yeah. And they have a new stadium now. Uh, Atlanta does. Uh, Texas. Yeah. Arlington, that was 1994 when it was built. And they just got a new stadium. Um, yeah, Which looks I mean, utterly ridiculous, just saying. But yeah, yeah it, it, it does look very straight. It feels like it's very, how do you say this? Like, Texany? <laughs> yeah, it like Texas, and it was built on top of itself. Like, does yeah. that make sense? <laughs> no, yeah, it does. It's, it's, it's something else, to be honest with you. So, but going back to the yeah, Indians, going back um, to your... yeah, going back to progressive, it's it, it's so weird to me because like I do love this stadium, but at the same time, I am like it just like seeing all these new stadiums get built. It's like what could we have? What else could we get? You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's tough because progressive is such a nice field, and it's got everything you want. It's got the the district. I know some people hate the district. I don't mind it. I think it's a good little touch. Mm-hmm. Um. I love the big wall that we have. Um, yeah, I love uh, Heritage Park in the middle. Middle, I love. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's difficult because I do love it. And I love the upgrades they've done to it, like the bullpens being out in the outfield now, on top mm-hmm. of each other. I love that. Um, ah, see, it's it's just it's just weird because it's probably just because my generation, to be honest with you, how we always want the new thing, something new. Mm-hmm. So, like, it would be nice to see just a brand new stadium. At the same time, like, I do love Progressive Field. So, I get why it's staying. But 52 years, that's a long, long time now for a stadium. If, I mean, if, if they it, run yeah, it the whole time, it, it seems like it's time. going to. Yeah. Which I hope they do. But, yeah, that, you don't – I mean, except for, like, what, Wrigley and uh, Fenway, those are the only two that, like, go that long anymore. They're, yeah. they're never leaving. And I'm trying to think of, like, other stadiums. I think, like, you know, Kaufman was – I think like in the seventies, but they've done, they've completely revamped it all. Um, like the last 10 years, 
uh, right. the Angels, Dodger Stadium. I mean, but but I think when you look at like and I think uh, Cleveland and uh, Baltimore, it's the same architect, and I feel like those are just like extremely classic stadiums. Even, I mean, I, th- I think I think it's twenty. I think. I think Progressive Field, they said 27 years it's been open. Okay. Um, and then Baltimore was 93 or 92. So they're close. They're coming up on 30 years. Um, you know, it's um, – I, I just think those two specifically can, like, stand the test of time, right. in my opinion. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of old stadiums. The more I look at it, I didn't know this. Dodger Stadium was built in 1962. Mm-hmm. Anaheim, I think you said 1966. Yep. Oakland, 1966. Yeah, but that one, that's a fucking dumb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kaufman, 73. Yep. And then you get in like the not newer stuff, like what you expect. Ryder Center, 89. Tropicana, 90. Uh, White Sox, 91. Orioles, 92. Then Progressive, 94. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know Anaheim and the Dodgers stadium were that old. I guess. Yeah. Now I think about thinking about them now. I could see it because Anaheim <laughs> they had, they put the 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 rock thing in late, didn't they? Yeah. And that was all added like what ten years ago, 10, 15 years ago, probably now. Um. No, it's or it's it longer of, than that. I, it had to be longer because I remember as a kid when they were in the World Series, they had like the little rally monkey in the rally that is monkey true, would yeah. be oh, around there. So. But they added that late though. Yeah, I, I would okay, assume okay. they did. Because looking at the photo, it does not look like they have any rock out there. <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah, that's crazy. And Because I know Kansas City just put like the waterfall in, in the batter's right. eye, like I would say, within the last And I like 10, that to be years. in your stadium oh, yeah. stuff like that. When they just, when they just add something mm-hmm. instead of like just tearing it down. Like progressive, I know it's like a subtle thing, but them putting the, the uh, bullpens on top of each other, I love. I don't know why. I always, I don't know. I just like, I like that look more than them having the two big cutouts in the outfield for no reason. See, I, I'll be honest with you. I kind of miss the cutoff with the, because I like the fact that, you know, Ken, like Kenny Lofton's greatest catch of his career when he robbed that True. home run, it was on that door and it was right. on that overhang where like, because it because there was a gap, he was able to jump up, hold on and catch the ball. Right. No, you're right. It. But I mean, yeah. that's just so rare that I guess aesthetically, like, you know, who really right. knows? But if you think about it, like, if, like two, some of the odd plays happen because I mean, Johnny Peraza getting the inside ball home run when the door opened. Yeah, when the door opened, or I remember it was one of the last years when they had the bullpen in right field and the ball, the ball came in, came into play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that one, and, and nobody knew what the fuck what ball was being used. Yeah, which one was being used? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, number one, signing the extension means that Cleveland will have a baseball team for the foreseeable future. Yes. Now they are obviously the smallest market um, to have three professional, like sports teams, like the three main one, MLB, NFL, right. NBA. Um, and the whole notion that, like, I don't know, that the Dolans were trying to move the team out of Cleveland it just it just never passed the smell test to begin with and I think we talked about it on here like 
like they're Cleveland people, you know, right. they tried to buy the Browns when they came back in, in 99, or I think it was like 97 when they were looking for like offers and shit, which is why they ended up not buying the Browns. They got outbid and then they bought the Indians instead by from, <laughs> from Dick Jacobs. So it's just like, you know, it's just, they're Cleveland people. Now right. we could be pissed off of how they run their organizations you know, the amount of money or lack thereof that they spend. But overall, you know, they they care about this city. They, they care about this team. And, you know, keeping the team in Cleveland um, what is obviously number one for them. So, you know, you just... No, I, I wholeheartedly it, agree. It, as, frustrating, as frustrating as it is, it just, like, you know, it's... It's still right. It's a, a it, Cleveland baseball team. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's like one of those things. Like the whole time that was going on, people were like, oh, they're they're planning to leave. I was like, I never even like gave that a thought because I just knew it wasn't going to happen. And like Nashville like, of all people, because like it Nashville doesn't. I don't know that that doesn't scream a baseball, baseball. city to me. Yeah, it does not you know scream I mean? baseball to me at all. Like yeah. e- like even if they had an expansion team, like that just doesn't make it just doesn't make sense to me. Right, and there's so many other teams before, like, maybe not so many, but there's so many teams I can think, like, at least two or three teams I can think of that moved to Nashville before it, before the even Indians get thought about, you know what I mean? Right. Like, for one, uh, Tampa. Right. They 100%. don't get no fans, they're stadium the shit. Oakland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, they actually get pretty good fans, but their stadium's huge, and it's also shit. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? The, and, you know. Their owners, I mean, it, for Oakland, it's the worst case scenario for if you're a fan of the A's where, you know, your your ownership is a even cheaper than the Indians, right? Right. And the city just doesn't care. Like, yeah, they literally exactly. just don't care. The fact that, the, that Oakland can have all three of their professional sports teams leave within the next five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, should tell you, you all have, you need to know about the city. You have the Raiders going to Vegas. You have mm-hmm. the Golden State Warriors going across to San Francisco. <laughs> and now you have potentially the A's, you know, a, a giant question mark. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it's. Um, I think they leave in the next, I, I would say next, I, I mean, five years they leave in the next five years. I think it could be even sooner than that. Yeah, pro- I mean, I just hate if that would happen. I do too. I feel I bad the whole, for fans. I hate that for fans, man. Even yeah, race just, fans, like yeah, you know they. Uh, it's it's a Tampa Bay is a weird place, you know, where it's a, just a lot of transplants. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and they bef- put their stadium in the worst spot ever. Right, and you have you you go to a team or a city like Tampa, where then where you have the New York Yankees. That's been their spring training site for years, decades right. upon decades. So there's already a built-in fan base for the Yankees in that area. Right. And and now you want to create a you know a new team to then be in the same division as the Yankees. It just it just doesn't make much sense to me. What you know. No, no, I it's like making a Nashville team, make them right. join the central by having their spring training team. But then putting the but not national team. It's like making the team like go to Goodyear, Arizona, and be in either the Reds or Indians division. It's like it wouldn't make yeah. sense. Yeah, it would not make sense at all. It's yeah, it's one of those scenes that just the Rays were screwed to begin. With. 
and like their stadium is just awful. Yeah, like, that's the other thing. Too. Like you said, I, I feel bad for the I feel bad for the fans for Oakland and the Rays. Yeah, there's their stadium is just is it doesn't yeah. look good. It looks ugly. I just and I, it's hot as shit there all the time, and that's put a dome up like the best weather you could think of. And I like, yeah, yeah but up. I guess the rain, right? Like because I, I, it's, yeah, it's I, humid. I, it's the the rain. Well, at least like make a dome like like um I'm trying to think, like Miami. Where it's like a yeah, nice looking yeah. dome that you can see through the windows. You know what I mean? Do something unique with it. Like it just when the Indians play there, it's just so it's like a dark, gloomy place that I just I it just doesn't look good. Like watching on TV either. So it can't look good in person. I'm trying to think. And and plus obviously the you know it the AstroTurf is just I mean, the fact that you know they're <laughs> the fact that they're still playing on AstroTurf, I mean, even the Jays, who the Indians just played uh, a series with, you know, they've kind of changed it up to where it's like the fake artificial turf, right? Where it's like the, you know, like the pellets or whatever. It's the not pellets, the Astro, yes. It's not the AstroTurf like if you go play in in uh, in Tampa. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just Tam- yeah. AstroTurf is get, also super bad for your legs. Right. Right. A hundred percent. And then you have you know you know, the, the catwalks and everything. It's just, what the hell is going on? But it's also <laughs> no, I... like, you know, I mean, there was a speculation talking about Tampa where they could play half of their games in Tampa and half in, in Montreal. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how that would work out, like, logistically. Yeah. Logistically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to different sense. countries, and so half the year, you know, you're getting paid this much. Half the year, you're getting paid – a little less right. or a little more like what exactly yeah and i don't know how that would work especially like the J- the blue jays just got welcomed back into canada right exactly so what would happen if that happens again like then did tampa get all the games i mean are they suited for that they would just be it'll be it'll be a mess yeah i mean it is it is weird and it's funny because um it was known so i'm looking at the tropicana history uh, where was it? Uh, the Rays in 1998. Um, why was it created though? History. I know this is just riveting, you know, whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, so they, so basically they bought it, they built it, and then was just like, hey, give us an MLB team. So they were just like, all right, we'll see what. <laughs> We'll see what right. uh, what we you know maybe we could lure people in because like they had the hockey team play there for a little bit in the early nineties, but yeah okay. they built so just quickly reading the Wikipedia, they apparently built it the city to go hey let's give us a team, which is just, yeah that's just interesting to me. Yeah, no yeah it's uh, and plus it's a, okay it's let's a weird one. okay let's just theoretically think about like a new stadium in, in in Cleveland where where would they build it you know what I mean sure. yeah I don't mean I'll... like it would have to be I I don't I wouldn't even know I said the only thing I could think of is like some on the lake maybe but I don't even know where down the lake and I mean if you gotta think if somebody's getting a new, a new arena or you know place to Browns, play right? it's got to be the browns right 
Right. Because they they built that shit. They're like, all right, we have two years to build a fucking stadium so we can get right. football back ASAP. And they if cut I, all, and, and they cut the a lot and they cut a lot of corners for yeah, a hundred percent. You know if they I mean? were the Browns, yeah. I've already said this for a while. I love. I know a lot of people hate when I, people say. I know we're gonna go off on a little Browns talk here for a second, but mm-hmm. I know people love when um, like Cleveland Browns football, how like you got the snow, all the elements. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm all for that. But if I'm the Browns, and maybe I'm wrong here, a retractable dome. Yeah, you have to just just so. I might even see you to put it on for our games. You know what I mean? Just I'm so you just can saying, use it all host a throughout Super Bowl the year or something. Yeah, yeah, or host a Super Bowl. I don't even give a shit about it. we can we can, we can keep the whole thing down for all of our games. Yep. But then when the Super Bowl comes, we can put that up and let the whole Super Bowl. I, I I don't know, but sorry, I didn't mean to go off in brown stock, but no, no, no. I, I mean, because we're I mean, this is we're talking about like stadiums and and shit. Right. No, I I agree. You know, the and it's not just like a Super Bowl; it's a WrestleMania. It's yeah, a, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, NCAA basketball tournament. You know, mm-hmm. the Final Four. Yeah, I mean it's it's a, you know maybe you host a a college bowl game there, like yeah, I'm mean, thinking about that. Yeah, like just having a, an actual like retractable roof. Yeah, I and plus honestly at this point, I think the whole like football thing is is overrated, you know, or like like the football weather thing is is overrated. I'd yeah. much rather play and watch a game, and I'm sure. If, you know, I'm sure even players would much rather play on just, you know, a, a safer playing field than, you know, some of the fake grass. Right. Or you see, or you see in, you know, Browns go to play Pittsburgh and it's all muddy because the night before, you know, the, the Pittsburgh Panthers just played on it and then it rained. Right. And so now it's just sludge and you can't kick a ball more than, you, you can't kick a 45-yard field goal because it's just so muddy outside. You know what I mean? Right. No, I agree. So. I agree. I, yeah. I, I, think, I, I, hate, I hate playing Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh for that reason and so many other reasons, but the fact that I'm afraid that a guy's going to get hurt because the field's just complete shit the whole time upsets me. But yeah, go and, ahead. Sorry. Uh, I, well, and then you have, like, Cincinnati, right? The Bengals, completely out there or outdoor, you know, field and everything, but it's a fake, literally like a fake turf field. Right. And that's, you know, you have a ton of injuries on it, which we saw last year with Delano getting hurt. So, yep. But anyway, going back to baseball and <laughs> like field. Uh, yeah. Indians signing in an extension for their lease to uh, continue to play in Cleveland. I also heard a rumor on the stadium, and this might not be true, mm-hmm. that said the lease is apparently allowing the Indians to commit less money to maintenance slash repairs and more money to fill in a more competitive team. Per Paul Dolan. Interesting. I don't know how true that is because it's also the Indians. You know what I mean, but right. that's the rumor, and it would be nice to hear that. Yeah, definitely. And from what I saw, like, hopefully it's a lot better than their first, you know, renovations back in what was it 2013, when they're like, yeah, we're gonna put a, a like a third deck bar and everything, kind of like Colorado, and they ended up just putting right. storage bins and ads on it instead which yeah. is it just looks <laughs> ridiculous and stupid like you took all, all those seats obviously it, it was an eyesore without people right but now it's just right. like it looks super bland and it's just like why even 
like what are you doing there like there's nothing and obviously like you know the corner bar like that's fun the standing room only places over there that's that's a lot of fun I mean overall it's an awesome place to watch a game you know I've watched games I think I've basically sat everywhere you know right I've paid for top and I've sat everywhere yeah I mean there's there's a there's not a bad spot um no honestly up top is really nice there too oh yeah 100%. 100%. It's one of those things where, like like you said, anywhere you sit in that stadium, is you get good angles. Like, you don't miss anything. The only the only spot I don't like on the stadium, and some people like it, I don't like the bleacher seats mm-hmm. just because I can't see what happens below the wall. And that's probably just me being like, I want to see the whole field. Mm-hmm. But even out there, that's not a bad seat at all. You still see home. and just like you don't see – because the wall is so big, you don't right. see you underneath don't see, like, wall. underneath it. And I like my – some of my favorite plays are, like, the, the ones against the walls. <laughs> So, like, I want to see that, but, like, they're still not bad seats. It's just personally for me, I, I, I don't like sitting up there, but, yeah. But, I mean, you know, they're also bleacher seats. So, they're, also exactly. supposed, they're yeah. supposed to be cheap and affordable. And, and I'm sure that's another thing, hopefully, you know, it, it continues to make Progressive Field, Jacobs Field, a, a destination to where, you know, people want to just go and hang out, and whether it's they're sitting exactly. in the bleachers or going to the that's corner. Right. And, you know, they're going to redo. I'm, my, my bachelor party is going to be there. Oh, well, there you go. In a month. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. And, and you know, they have, like, the Terrence Club or, and whatever, and they're going to redo that. Apparently, like, you know, because the Indians don't have a, a central office, you know, like the Browns, like the Browns have their headquarters in Berea. Um, right. They work everything out of the stadium that, you know, a lot of the renovations are going to be for the offices and everything like that. And, I mean, you got to think, you know, fielding a, a front office in the early 90s compared to now when you have so much more information and you have so many more you know people just on hand like I'm sure that's another way to you know, just continue to you know make the Indian slash Guardians be one of the top tier organizations in, in baseball still oh yeah oh yeah completely agree um so that was our like one of our main things we wanted to talk about. And then really because it's kind of a slow week when it comes to slow baseball. Work week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um outside of like, you know, some notable guys like the Cubs players uh who were traded, they all hit home runs in their debuts, which has never happened before, like a trio of teammates being traded and literally in their first games they hit home runs. Um and honestly, it's probably better for us to break down like the trades maybe in a week or two once we see yeah. like everybody play and, you know, s- truly see how those, these trades have affected their teams and everything. Um, so we honestly, we're just going to rant this episode before even talking <laughs> about the, the extension. Uh, you have a rant about Tony La Russa again. So I'll just yeah. let you have the floor. Okay. Um, fuck, fuck Tony La Russa. He's a douche um, for many reasons. Um, well, okay. I'm going to start this out with, first off, he ruined your mom Mercedes' career. I think we need to talk about that more. He made this guy almost quit baseball because he had a home run. I know I talked about it before, but the fact that he almost quit baseball, he's back now in AAA. But, I mean, that's just it's just pathetic that that happened. And he hasn't came to his aid yet, hasn't, like, apologized or anything publicly yet about it. But then also – the Indians played the White Sox, I want to say, last week now. It's been over a week, I believe. It was It was Friday because it, it happened live on the podcast. We were recording. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, okay. So Friday, 
last Friday, uh, James Karachek's pitching. And if anybody knows the Indians, knows James Karachek, he, he's wild. He's effectively wild, I think Kay said, yep. which is a perfect way to talk about him. He throws more high fastballs I've ever seen in my life. And he did it again, and he hit Jose Abreu in the helmet. Awful play. One of those things you never want to see. As soon as he hit him, Karachek went down to, to his knees in a squat. You tell he was upset about it. Didn't mean it. Uh, I'll catch Roberto Perez bent down to pick up Jose Abreu. Not pick him up, but like make sure he's okay. Perez is probably one of the nicest guys in baseball when it comes to catchers. People love him. Bends down, talking to Abreu. Tony Larusa. This just runs his mall walking ass run out. Hold on, hold on. He waddled out. Yeah, waddle. Yeah, mall walking, waddle out there. Didn't check on his own guy. Didn't give a shit about Abreu. Just pushed Perez off him. Told Perez like. If you know he's wild, why are you throwing inside? Like, not every pitcher throws inside to a Abreu. That's what you have to do. You can't let his arms get extended. Everybody knows the book on Abreu. It's unfortunate he got hit. Gets in Perez's face. Bench is clear. Then he then he fakes getting held back. Like, anybody's fucking afraid of Tony La Russa. Uh, it just – okay, it just irks me so much that this guy manages a, a baseball team, a, a really good baseball team at that. And the sad thing is the White Sox would be so much better without him. Yeah, with a manager to let them just be who they are. Like you have some of the best personalities in. You have uh, Tim Anderson. Almost messed it up again. <laughs> Tim Anderson. You have uh, Lynn. Uh, Abreu has a really good personality. Um, I'm trying to think else. You have Makata. You have so many personalities on that team. Uh, Robert Jimenez. So many personalities on that team who just love baseball, love to have fun, let the kids play, as I like to say, and they just can't do it. They have this old man who's gonna die any day okay that's okay i shouldn't say that who's just gonna fade away he's just oh, he's just so old and not in the times it pisses me off that he's in the game and oh okay i don't even know you want to take over i'm gonna mad <laughs> no i mean i don't know man you're, you're doing pretty well it just it just it just makes no sense to me like like how nobody on this team sets him down like i feel like the thing is they can't even try to talk to him I feel like Anderson can't even try to talk to him because he's just so set in his ways about things. I haven't seen I, one I, video of Anderson back with him this year, and that's what he does. I don't understand the whole, like, why why, why 76-year-old Tony LaRusa in, two, in 2021? I just – I get that ownership – you know, he the ownership said that it, the biggest mistake he made in baseball was firing Tommy Larusa in the um, in the early '80s. But to bring him back when your team is just so good on mm-hmm. paper, you have like just a very exciting team and a team that has character, a team that, like you said, you know the the mantra of like let the kids play. And and then you have literally the opposite in Tony Barusa being just the the curmudgeon old man. Like like he's a guy that would comment on like MLB's Facebook page and just be like, "Oh, that's bush league, you know, bad flipping and everything." It's like, no, that's, yeah. that's having fun. Like mm-hmm. he's that guy, and you know, and I, I think you're right. You know, the stats. I I've said the stats. Um, on this podcast before talking about Mercedes after that bad flip or after that home run that he hit 
in mid-May, he hit like 200. Yeah. Since then. And you, you got to think there's some type of correlation between the two. I 100%. mean, we're talking about Mercedes. This guy was in the minor leagues for like 10 years. He's 20. He's a 26, 27-year-old rookie who just so happened to get a chance to DH because Eloy Jimenez got hurt in, in spring training. If it wasn't for that, Mercedes doesn't get, he doesn't get that shot, truly. And he comes out and he's, you know, one of the most exciting young players the first month and a half of the season. And it's not like, you know, obviously they're going to decline. You're not going to hit 400 the entire year. But there's an obvious correlation between, like I said, when he hit the home run uh, in the ninth inning against uh, against Latifuga, uh, uh, the position player who was pitching, which started his whole right. thing. When he hit that home run, ever since then, it seems like he just he he just wasn't the same. And mm-hmm. the fact, I, I mean, we talked about it when it happened. The fact that your um your your own manager is calling you out in the media, if he doesn't like that, say you know, in the clubhouse behind yeah. closed doors, behind, exactly. you never call out your own, especially want a young player like him. Like up, and you call just, him out in the media is just any player to be honest with you. You, you shouldn't call out any player of your own in the media. No, not at all. Unless you hate that, unless you really want that guy to get traded, you know he's on the way out. You know what I mean? Even then, it's still a bad look in my opinion. But like, that's the only time I think I've ever seen it happen. Other than, like, you know what I mean? Like you call out a player like, well, he's not because you know he's leaving. You know what I mean? And and then and then back the your opponent who the next day was gonna th- who threw at you. And your team. Yeah. And let's go, oh, well, that's just baseball. It's like, so yeah. hitting a home run late in the game isn't just baseball. But, yeah, throwing the ball and potentially injuring something, somebody, one of your own players, yeah, that's just not – that's that's just baseball. Yeah, just stupid. I, again, it's hilarious that that they went, yeah, Tony La Russa, you're the guy. To manage uh, yeah, it's – I just don't understand what, like, you come to the correlation of that the guy. I don't know what makes you mad. Like I don't want to go off another rant, but like this or last year, who was it? Uh, the manager for the Padres not sticking up for Tatis. Yeah, I, and I'll be honest with when you, he hit like, his grand slam, like yeah. this is like makes me more upset. But the good thing about that guy is that he learned from his mistake, mm-hmm. and he's a young guy who can learn from it. Larusa's not; he is who he is. We all know that. Like he's not learning from. He doesn't care. And I just if this thought- happens again, he's gonna do it again. And I just thought it was funny that the guy who was bitching about it, Chris Woodward, the manager of, of the Rangers, yeah. I mean, the dude played in the major leagues for multiple years. And it's funny, somebody even found a, a, a box score for when he hit a, I think it was like a two-run home run in the ninth inning of a game that his team was winning by like six runs. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, like, it, it, how are you upset? over these little things because i mean we talked about it we talked about it you know baseball is like the weird game where i mean home runs and rbis all that shit matters whether it's whether they happen in the ninth inning or they happen in a clutch moment you know in in the seventh or eighth inning a ninth inning of a blowout at the end of the year it's gonna have you know one more home run and and 
two or three more RBIs. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no, exactly. Like there's there's no garbage stats in 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 baseball because it's it's literally just based on how that individual player is actually playing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nobody goes, well, you know, he he hit like 400 in the eighth and ninth inning when his team was up, you know, five runs. It's like nobody cares right. about that. Like literally nobody cares about that at all. Right. Or whether your team's down, you know what I mean? You hit a base mm-hmm. hit and your team's down and you still lose. Like, hey, it still helps out your average. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, because you're smart. Right. But it's just like the whole grand scheme of things. It's like, like imagine if Mercedes was in a contract year. Let's just say hypothetically, you know, he's going to be a free agent soon. And, you know, he's, he's had, he has his hot streak. And, you know, again, it's just so stupid. Like you said, the fact that it, I can't even honestly like trying to rationalize this, it just doesn't even make sense. It does not make uh-huh. any sense to just call out your own player for doing something good. They did something good. They hit a home run. They scored runs. Like, what are we doing? Like, why? Like, why is that such a big deal? You don't know. Like, we're not going to say, oh, well, that home yeah. run didn't count because it was off of a position player. Right. It's just, yeah, it's so fucking stupid. So, okay, I got a question for you. Yeah. So, what's your thoughts on JC Mejia? Oh, my God. <laughs> I never want to see this guy take the mound for the Cleveland Indians Guardians, a Cleveland team ever again. This guy is so awful. And I feel bad, honestly, because he obviously wasn't ready. You know, he's pitching because they need him to pitch. But it's come to the point where – he just, if you want to win, if you're, if you're going into a game expecting to win, or even just want to give your, yourself a chance to win, you cannot give him the ball every fifth day and expect him, you can't even ex- expect him to go two innings clean. Like, he just can't. And uh, why are the Indians holding on to him? I understand he's a rookie. And like I said, I, I completely understand that he, this is a worst case scenario for him. You know, nobody thought that JC Mejia was going to be, you know, the guy, you know, to be the number uh, number five starter. Nobody thought that going into this year. Um, I think the hope was, hey, just let him pitch in double A, triple A, and then maybe in September they call him up or whatever. Maybe eventually he's a solid relief guy because he's he's got an all right sinker. Um, but this guy, he is just by far the worst pitcher I've ever seen. And like I, tw- like I tweeted, and I've seen David Huff pitch multiple times live. <laughs> I thought that guy was awful. JC Mejia, just, he just doesn't give you a chance to win because he doesn't have the strikeout stuff and he doesn't throw the ball over the plate. So... When he does throw the ball over the plate, he doesn't get swings and misses, so the, the ball's always put in play, number one. And then, you know, when he's not throwing it over the plate, he's just walking guys. I, it's just, it just befuddles me that, that at this point, the Indians are still like, well, you know, maybe, maybe we got something for him. Maybe, you know, oh, he's 24 years old, blah, 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 blah. He, 
I just they can't do it. They he he's one in seven with an eight point seven five ERA. Yeah. In his last seven games, he's zero and five, a ten point three one ERA. He's given up thirty four runs in twenty nine innings. His whip is almost two. I just, I, what are, what are we doing? Like, I just don't understand it. You, I understand that. Like, I'm, I'm looking at the forty men right now. At this point, and I can't believe I'm even saying this, but Logan Allen probably gives you a better opportunity to throw him every fifth day if you're gonna throw somebody like that. Right. Or even like left uh, Scott Moss. He just can't, he just got activated off the and list. Anyone, man. You you nah. have you have Alex Young who you just picked up. He's on your forty man. Like you could you could bring him up. Obviously uh-huh. he's he wasn't great. Um, you know he wasn't great this year, but you just you can't you can't tell me you just you just can't go out every fifth day and go. And if you're a Cleveland Indians player, and you go, oh, Mejia's pitching again. We have to score ten runs to maybe even make it competitive, right? You know another I mean? guy, like yeah, another guy who I think could like be on the fast track to be on the team soon. I don't know if you heard. Have you heard of Co- Cody Morris? Cody he just Morris. got sent. He just got sent to AAA. Okay, he's got the same build and makeup as Beaver. He has a high K rate, low low walk rate, one point four eight ERA in AA this year. He was drafted in the seventh round in 2018 out of South Carolina. Dude, it doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, no, no. My whole thing is, too, like, the only good – the only positive that came out of this, in my opinion, is that I I think the Indians are starting to realize what they're going to do in their 40-man in the offseason, if that makes sense. Yeah, because, I mean, at this point – Like, I feel like Mejia's expandable, you know what I mean? And at this point, if you're another team, are you taking a shot? With JC Mejia, from what he's what he's shown, right? Are you giving That's him a shot that. to put him on your forty man? No. <laughs> yeah. So if he goes, so if he goes out and again, I know he's only twenty four years old, but if he goes out in three years and becomes a, you know, maybe a serviceable bull, bullpen guy, well, that happens all the time. Like right. you shouldn't be losing sleep over JC Mejia. And mm-hmm. at this point, if you're trying to again, if you're trying to be competitive, like I, I don't even know what. Uh, What's his name? Brad Peacock. I like. I, I don't even know what his stats are in AAA. Oh, they're awful. But here, he, at least I, he's I a. At least he's it. a. At least he's like a veteran to where like he can right. get you like two innings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or just just throw a bullpen game at this point, because with 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 Cal, Cal's pitched really well, extremely well. Mm-hmm. And if anything, he's pitched himself into the rotation. I think. Oh yeah, he's the four starter. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, even though he lost today, he still he went out. Again. He only gave up three runs. He's not walking anybody, and I think he just, if, you know, you just kind of continue yeah. to build on top of that. And if you're a fifth pitcher, like you said, if he goes seven innings, gives up three runs, I'm okay with it. Oh yeah, if especially if, because I mean, it, you gotta expect that your offense is gonna fucking score some runs soon later. Right, 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 right. Eli Morgan, if he's just a depth guy, then cool. You know, if because injuries always happen. 
So that's three guys. Obviously, you have your your main three in, in Plezak, Savali, and Beaver for next year. Right. Mejia shouldn't even – he's nowhere near anybody. You know what I mean? Right. No, and then no, you gotta, right and then you got And then you got to think they'll, they'll bring in at least, you know, one veteran pitcher in spring training. So – Right, you would think. There's no there's no spots. There's You don't have to worry about potentially losing yeah. out on J.C. Mejia. At least – and even for a bullpen guy, like, if he's not th- – again, if he's not throwing strikes, then what are we doing? Right, no, no. You're and, right. he, and especially in today's game with the three-batter minimum rule, he can't get left-handers out. So there's no value in him being a matchup righty. Right. So and that's the thing too. Like, like I said, like I think out of anything that good that's happening so far this year, the Indians are realizing like Mahia, Allen aren't gonna be on the team next year. I have, a, the 49, I, have I, I have a weird feeling that Allen might though. Because he's well, a my whole thing is I don't think I don't think Allen think Hedges takes that lefty spot. I think they keep Hedges for the bullpen. Yeah, but I before think before they keep Allen. I I think with a because Allen or no, because Hedges went from like a handful of games in double A in twenty nineteen to no nothing in twenty, and then this year being forced into the onto the major league roster, I think there'd be like, hey, just go down to triple A all year. We'll work you in as a either a every as a everyday relief pitcher potentially or as a starter and just go this is your year to get right because we don't really need you hopefully that I think going forward like I think Hedges or right Sam Henches Henches uh I think Henches is I, I I feel like he's not a lot for the major league roster because this year was supposed to be his like double A to triple A year instead true, of true. instead of triple A to the major league starting multiple games and working out the bullpen. No, yeah, I, I think it's just gonna be like we've talked about before. It's just gonna be an interesting offseason. I know we're like far away from there, but like we have a lot of spots in the 40 man. Right. And that was the other thing too, you know, why we especially going forward with the Indians, you know like the things we can talk about you know we're, it's it's going to be a lot of talk about like the young guys and how they've been playing you know right like oh owen miller kind of looking like he's a professional hitter at the major yeah, it's where we get somebody exactly. yeah oscar mercado another four hit game last night it's like hey would you would you look at that <laughs> right you know i did the indians potentially find their center fielder for the next handful of years in miles straw i think so right i 100 yep so if he's your leadoff hitter and he hits 270 and plays excellent defense because he plays excellent defense and he can just zoom, you know, you you de- to trade Phil Maton for for him. I mean, that blows my mind. And we got and we got rid of a catcher who was on the 40 man for some. Reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was one of those guys who was you know one of the, rule, like, rule five eligible. Sorry. Yeah, he was going to be rule five eligible. Yeah. So yeah, he was kinda, not making the team. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, you can't be, you know, you can't be upset at that either. Um, right. You know. I mean, this season is, I mean, Hero Ramirez is still looking like, even if the Indians do what they do the rest of the year, Hero Ramirez might be one of the best, like, waiver pickups in a long time for oh, the yeah. Indians. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I think we legitimately found our left fielder for another five years. I don't know. I mm-hmm. forgot how much team control he has, but, 
I mean, he shouldn't leave the Indians anytime soon. All the man does no. is hit. He's his defense is getting better. It, it's getting better. Well, it'll so be a, great, and it'll be a lot better, better when he plays left field every day. Yeah, and it's a lot better. It's gonna look a lot better too when he has straw next to him. Yeah, and not like uh, Zimmer's Zimmer's good too, but it's nice when you have a guy next to you that is consistent. You don't have like uh, one day you have straw, one day you have loop low. Know what I mean? Yeah. Now it's just straw, and that's how it should be, in my opinion. I also to to kind of rant <laughs> and to take my victory lap. So, and I I wasn't gonna, I I just thought of it right now, um, talking about like the future and like you know the Indians' future and you know all that fun stuff. Um, so there was this jabroni on Twitter who <laughs> oh, he had he had a like a Framil Reyes like Stan account basically, and he had a very interesting tweet. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, the, the Indians projected lineup for 2022. And I saw it, and it was Miles Shaw in center. Okay, I agree with that. Uh, in left field, banning second, Rosario. And I was just like, did we not watch anything from last, from, <laughs> like, the first half? Like, Ahmad Rosario is was awful in center field, number one. Isn't a good shortstop to begin with like defensively so if anything maybe just move him over the second where you need you don't need like the crazy shortstop range and then he had like he had like you know the young guys like um aria said short and which, which again it i don't think opening day that's something to be like realistic about but you know yeah, whatever. It's yeah. um but the fact that the one, the thing that really caught my eye, you know, he obviously had Jose at third, he had Fran Mill as DH, um, but he had Nolan Jones playing first base and not Bobby Bradley. And I responded like, like, okay, Ahmed Rosario in left field, all right, and no Bobby Bradley at first base. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, bud. And he came back with, like, three tweets thinking, like, he was talking down to me, which was, like, hilarious, telling me things I didn't know. It's funny because he ended up deleting them. Um, But he goes, let's see. Uh, I just want to make this, like, just, just to make sure, like, I said it right. So he responded to, like, me talking about Ahmed. Um, he talked about, you know, Bobby Bradley. And I was like, why are we giving up on Bobby Bradley? He he's played less than a full season in the league. Um, yeah, he strikes out a ton, but I think it, overall his his eye is pretty solid. Like once he learns pitching more and goes through, you know, pitchers and, and shit like that, like once he learns them, like he'll, he'll be a lot better. And obviously he has the power to where like, as of right now, if he's sitting 200, but he hits home runs, like you're okay with it. Like it's mm-hmm. it's okay. But like going forward, you know, hopefully he boosts his average, which, all, which also boosts his power. And that's the other thing too. He's not like a dead pull hitter either. He takes the ball the other way to, and he hits for power the other way in, in the like left center as, as a left-handed hitter. So 
Like all those things are super encouraging. And he's only 25 years old. So that's the other thing too. So he's going to get ample opportunity to play first base. So he said about Bobby Bradley and he goes, and I'm just going to read the tweet. And he goes, and for Nolan, you must not have been keeping tabs on Nolan in Columbus. He's had work at first base during games, practice, and in spring training where he's performed well. Third base translates extremely well to first base. And he go, and I respond with, obviously you haven't. Lowen Jones has one career game at first base. And then this year, he has 44 games at third and 21 in right field. First base is Bradley's for the foreseeable future. And then he quickly deleted his entire threads you know, trying to talk down to me. This man (laughs) said that Nolan Jones, again, what did he say? Has had work at first base during games, practice, and in spring training. He's played one career game at first base, and it was this year, but only one. Nolan Jones has more career games in the minor leagues at shortstop with five than at first base with one. Also, Nolan Jones yep. has over 80 errors at third base in his minor league career. He's going to be an outfielder. 80? Over 80. Yeah. He's going to be I an think, Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to be a left, left field. It's one of those things where it's just like – Left field, right so field. You need to get him in the lineup. Exactly. And, no, and I'm not out here dissing Nolan Jones. Right. I'm not doing that at all. I'm just being like trying to be practical and trying to like project where where he's going to be eventually. And the fact that, uh, again, the fact that somebody had the audacity to go, (laughs) he's, he's he's played multiple games at first base. He's played one game at first base this year. Right. I don't know if I'm more mad about that or the fact that he thinks Ahmad Rosario is playing left field to start the season. Look, maybe you could talk yourself into like playing MLB the show with, certain players right and what i mean by that is like oh yeah Ahmad rosario he could play outfield like he's fast he's a good athlete because he is a good athlete and you know he could hide him you could hide him in left field and if he hits 270 you know and and you know hits doubles like you're cool with that as a left fielder um when i think ideally like we've said i think he's got to play second going forward if he wants a spot on this team i just don't I just don't really like him at shortstop, honestly. He's just right. It's just too he's just too inconsistent at shortstop defensively. Um, offensively, you know, what you get again, a 270 hitter, somebody who could steal bases, somebody who can rip doubles, like as a number two hitter, you, you love that. Um right. you don't have like a top tier guy like like we had with Lindor for all these years. Um, but honestly, like second base for somebody who hit who will hit 10 home runs, hit doubles, steal bases at 270 like like I'm cool with that like I'm cool with that for right. my second baseman like I don't see anybody that's what we uh, wanted Cesar Hernandez to be right right I also think there's a chance that I mean I I think there's a chance that Rosario isn't on this team next year well that's another thing I would but my whole I, thing is not because he's not a good player I think it's just because we have so many in I think like if Owen so Miller plays guys. the way he is yeah, and he like if he if Owen Miller continues the way he's done the past couple like past what three games whatnot, mm-hmm. if he continues that path, I think he's the second baseman. I think and then I think shortstop is one of the young guys. You just pick one of them, but I think it's going to be the um, 
Jimenez or Jimenez. Yeah. But you pick. I think I, only reason I say him is because if I know the Indians, they're, they're gonna even if uh, Arias or I'm trying to think Freeman or one of those guys has like the camp and they earn it. I think just like Bradley, they're gonna give him a month to get that time going. I mean, mm-hmm. how shitty it sounds. That's what we do. But yeah, I like Rosario. I just think it's one of those scenes where the the numbers game could catch up. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah, but I think not having somebody like Rosario on your team for next year, um, I, I think that would be a mistake, honestly, because he is, I mean, he's still only uh, 25, 26 years old. He's still a super young player. I mean, he right. was he was the top prospect for the Mets for, I mean, multiple years. So um, yeah. I just, when I see him, I go, well, he's, he's a, he's a, he's kind of like a Harold Ramirez type guy too. Like right. nobody really th- saw Rosario when you see that Lind- Lindor trade, you're like, well, hopefully he can either get you something. And we talk about this, like he can get, get you something on the field or, you know, Hey, if you flip him for an outfielder, well, now you don't really need that outfielder. Now you found Harold Ramirez, you have Miles straw. Um, you kind of project Nolan Jones to be your right fielder. And then, you know, then you have this weird surplus of guys where, you you know, you have Nolan Jones, Josh Naylor, whenever he comes back. I mean, he, uh, you have a lot of guys who deserve an opportunity to play every day in, in the outfield. Um, right. And then, like, you know, I, I just I, I kind of like Rosario in the fact that he's a young player, but he also has that experience. And I just think it would be a, a, a major mistake to like not go into next year with at least him. And then, you know, you have Jose and, and then maybe by, you know, the trading deadline, even if you're in contention, uh, which I think they will be, you know, because I just think this year is just such an anomaly with, I mean, we've talked about this almost every episode when you have your three guys get hurt. Um, you know, I think Rosario starting the, at least somewhere in your lineup and in your infield is, is a good thing, right. um, especially for a super young team, because you have, even though he may not be like the best guy, he's just a solid baseball player and a solid mm-hmm. hitter and a, and a, and a solid, you know, professional, you know what I mean? To yeah. go, Hey, you have straw leading off. You have Rosario hitting second. You have J Ram hitting third Fred Mill. DHing and then you kind of build your lineup from the and then you're you're basically your lineup starts at five. So whether it's Harold Ramirez, Bobby Bradley, Nolan Jones, it doesn't really matter. You know, you have that one through four kind of like locked up. It may not be a great one through four. You know, <laughs> right. you know I mean obviously Jose and Fran Mill at three and four. I mean, you know, you love that. Obviously, you know, Straw and, and Rosario like you'd you'd ideally wish you'd have better players at at your one and two but you know overall I think it's not it's not terrible I mean we just, right how how would you feel Harold that second um I mean, he puts the balls in play yeah well, yeah but I think that's I think that's why he's a little bit more valuable at the kind of the lower half of the lineup where when you have Jose or Fremil on base True, true, true. That so, like, I think ideally, you know, you, you go Fred Mill four, Bobby Bradley five, hoping that Bradley could boost up his average, stop striking out so much. But, you know, he boosts his average, continues to 
he's got the power. We know that. Um, right. And then you have you have him batting five, Harold uh, batting sixth, and then Nolan Jones batting seventh. I think ideally that would be like the best lineup. And then you have your catcher eighth, whether it's Hedges or whoever, he hits eighth, and then um, then whatever other middle infielder you have, you hit him ninth. I think. Okay. No, I like that. Or, you know, if you've, if, if your other middle infielder is hitting really well, you just flip one and nine and, you know, whoever's your leadoff hitter is, you know, is your leadoff hitter, you know what I mean? I, overall, mm-hmm. it, whoever your leadoff hitter, it doesn't really matter. They're only leading off once, you know what I mean? Right. But it's you know, also, that's the thing, too, with Straw. If we get in the leadoff hitter and we move Straw down, let's just say nine, yeah. I'm still okay with it because, like you said, 270 in his defense. Yeah, 100%. All day. I'm cool yeah. with yeah, that's what 100%. I want. Zimmer, that's always what I wanted Zimmer to be. And and, I and think we that, just got him in straw. And with straw, if he hits two seventy, he's one of the. I think he's second in stolen bases this year. It just gives your your lineup an opportunity to to be aggressive on offense. You know, not you don't have to wait for that that home run anymore. Right. If he's your leadoff hitter, if he gets on base, then you could steal. You know, like and you could steal with for. You know, Rosario, even though overall he's, you know, he's an all right hitter, but like ideally, you know, you get straw on, you steal second, Rosario moves him over to third, and then you have J Ram and Fran Mill ready to cash in. Right. Opportunity, so, yeah. <sighs> well, it's funny. That's an interesting offseason. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting offseason. And it's funny, you know, I said, hey, Maybe this will be a shorter episode <laughs> because we started ranting and it's funny. We only talked about three things. We talked yeah, about, that's what we do. You know, we, we talked about the stadium and the contract uh, extension with the, like the stadium and the city and all that stuff. Uh, when it came to the Indians, we talked about obviously Tony Russa being an old had has been and, uh, and then, you know, Jason McKee, and then the, the just the Indians talk that kind of goes goes on from there. So right, and hey, it's been an hour. So you're fucking welcome, everybody. <laughs> yeah, how are you not entertained? Like, like this. We went these, from this, stadiums to Browns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is just like, uh, yeah. How how are you how are you not entertained? <laughs> I like, I I don't. I mean, this is the best baseball podcast you've ever heard. Whoever you're, yeah. you know, you're listening right now. And okay, this whole episode was really good. Yeah, I think not so. just the last five minutes. This time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, thanks. You know, it's um, I, I'm just glad. Go. I'm just glad that <laughs> yeah. I could just raise the level than I was. You know, the the last couple episodes, even though it was like three hours worth of. That's the other crazy thing. If you've made it this far, like number one, thanks for listening to this episode, but also like thanks for checking out the three hours of MLB trading deadline stuff because that yes. was a lot of stuff that we yeah. went through every trade from the all-star break to the end of the deadline even the small trades we did them all we yeah. didn't we didn't cut any corners we really didn't there was trades I didn't even know happened and we're like oh it's out there on the list well it's on the list I guess we gotta talk about them a like, good thing they were notable you know what I mean Right. Yes. Like, good thing I knew who Richard Rodriguez was. You know what I mean? I was like, wait, he got traded to the Braves. He goes, yeah. And you're like, yeah. It happened 20 minutes after the deadline. I was like, huh? Yeah. Who would have thunk it? 
Who would have thought it? But yeah, n- so yes, number one, thanks for listening to this episode if you made it this far. And number two, if if you made it this far, you probably listened to the other episodes. Um, thanks for checking that out. I mean, it's yes. like 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 I said, it was a uh, a lot of stuff for um, the MLB training deadline, but it's fun. You know what I mean? That's that's why we have a baseball podcast. You know, we we're yeah. both very passionate about it. Um, you know, we both I, I would say follow it pretty well and know what we're talking about. You know, we're not obviously like being Indians fans, we're going to rant about the Indians a little bit more than like ranting about any other team. Um, right. But we but can I, rant about anything, anything you want us to. Right. But well, that's, that's the other thing too. You know, obviously this episode's a little bit of like a caveat. Usually we'll like go through the league and, and talk about like stuff like that. Um, and like I said, we'll, we'll do that coming up with, uh, we'll kind of recap like the trading deadline to where like the effects on, like the major trades and and how yeah divisions and stuff yeah exactly so um i think i'm that's all i got gabe yeah i'm i'm good i do i will say i just thought of it now but what what i'll say this for next episode so just tune in i'm going to rant again about the minor leaguers and the way they're mistreated so there we go if you want to know something about next episode i just thought of that now but yep there we go well, that's that's what we're, that's what Gabe's talking about next week. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, I just thought of it now, and I was like, I can't rant now because I'm already. I gotta get more information on, but be ready next week. All right. Well, so is that it? Are we done? Yep, I'm good. You good? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, my uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Yana is Gabe thirteen Y A N E Z G A B E one three. You can follow me on Twitter at Caitlin No Cielitos, Caitlin K A T E L I N, and then Nose K N O W S and C L E. Also have another podcast, Crunch Time with Caitlin. Uh, that'll be ramping up with a lot of Browns talk and stuff like that because football season is upon us. The Hall of Fame game was this evening, so um, yeah. Hit her up. Be- Listen to her. She she knows what she's talking about when it comes to Browns football, all sports. Yeah. Hit her up. Really yeah. good. Yeah. Well, you. I appreciate that, Gabe. And uh, as always, friends, take it easy.